Yes, that is, that's something I am, have grown a lot in, in my teaching and something I'm still growing in. Yes. How, how do I make the process simple enough that ninth graders, that, that the process isn't distracting from the meaning making? Right. How do I get them to make the meaning Mm -hmm. without an overly complicated process? Right. Welcome to the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. Today, we talk about building community in your classroom and simplifying the meaning-making process. Here are your hosts, Dr. Jamie Collins, Natalie Davey, and Rachel Evans. Rachel, what do you want your students to experience? I want my students to experience classroom community. And in that classroom community to grow as readers and writers and to see themselves and believe in themselves as readers, as writers, as scholars. Mm. That's my vision. Yeah, absolutely. Natalie, you just recently received the award of Teacher of the Year for Harvard High School. Congratulations. And we are so incredibly proud. So proud. (laughs) So proud. Those of you who are listening, just so you know, I looked at Natalie and I said, hey, trust me. And I'm throwing this question at her right now. The, The reason that I'm doing this is, so I want you to talk a little bit about, um, what you have attributed that to. Okay, that award, where you think it came from, all right? Because what I'm trying to help us understand is that, let's be honest, you're in year two of teaching, yeah, and you've hit the hybrid spot with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, But somewhere in the mix, you found the capacity to thrive. Mm. And so would you talk to us a little bit about that, um, just so that we can hear from you and your perspective of um, how you've been negotiating that and establishing that with your classroom and tell us about it. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm very uncomfortable. (laughs) Number one, (laughs) number two, I'm still like digesting the news. So yeah, I don't honestly, like I love to reflect as just like, I do it every month. I do it regularly, like lesson planning, but just also like broadly speaking, I want to reflect regularly on what's going on? How do I want to improve? How am I, how am I doing? Whatever. Absolutely. So that's still going on with all of this anyways. So one of the things that, um, has helped me personally, I mean, for a very long time, but especially this year, um, is my faith as a believer. So I'll be honest, this year has been in a lot of different ways, so different than I could have ever imagined. I mean, my sure. our first year was like classic first year in a lot of cases. Like I have to try things. I just have to walk and do it and then I'll figure it out. And then year two, I was like, okay, I sort of have walked through things and now everything is thrown into the dumpster and lit on fire. Sure. And everything that I walked through was on fire. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, how am I? feasibly going to go into this year and still have like an optimism of this year can still be great, even though the circumstances seem real bad, just terrible. Yeah. And so every day I would pray that, um, so my, my like personal why, like I have it taped on my desk. This is like my why every single day. And it's taped on my desk so that anytime that I'm looking at it, 
I can check in. And all I, all it says is glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so I think that when I have that as, as the forefront of what I'm doing, everything to me comes, comes together. Sure. So suddenly, like if I get through an assignment at the pace that I wanted to originally, that, that becomes less important. Um, if I get to that email as quickly as I maybe should, it becomes less important. Um, now all of that to say like this year still wasn't every, like it wasn't a perfect year by any means. And that's why the, the award is like, there were, I was literally like on the list just to like anecdotally talk about it on the list. There are like five teachers that like, I'm on a list with these five other teachers, right? Here are the ones that you guys have nominated. Now you're going to vote for your final teacher of the year. And there are teachers who've been teaching for a very long time who I would classify as phenomenal exemplary master teachers. I mean, like you walk into their classroom, they know what they're doing at minute 12, minute 24, minute 36. They got it all. Like they're they're doing it. Um, And for me, I'm like, I'm I'm still just learning. Like I'm still very much like, I don't know my timing hundred percent. I know how I interact in the classroom, but like, I'm still trying things. I'm still building things. Anyways, but having the perspective of, I just want to encourage the people that are around me. I want to seek to be, to use my gifts well, which one of my gifts is joyfulness. Like anybody who knows me is going to say (laughs) joy, joy, joy down in your heart. (laughs) And it's just, it's just part of who I am. And so one of the things that we talked about this summer obviously was like, things that we're gifted in. And so I was like, okay, well, it's natural for me to be joyful. And this year people certainly need that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm fake at all. Like I don't seek right. to be like happy go lucky just for the sake of it. Um, but I do know that that made an impact on people because again and again with students and with professionals alike, they were like, <laughs> this is funny. I have to just read it one second. Cause sorry for the delay. No, Natalie's looking something up on her phone. Yeah. But it struck me because I was like, people don't. Okay, so one of the things that uh, somebody said about me in the nomination form was uh, she cares about all of the teachers in the building and all students. She actually has a passion for teaching (laughs) and wants to be at school. (laughs) And I was like, low bar. (laughs) Low bar. Um, but she actually wants to be here. She actually wants she to be here. School. <laughs> so all of this rambling, which I don't really know where I'm going with this nope. to say, um, that I do think it, it tangibly affects people when they can tell, I believe in what I'm doing. Like Absolutely. I believe yep. in the capability for students Absolutely. to learn. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. nobody can take that away from me. Well, and the fact that that's monumental. Yes. Right. The fact that that is. That's not atypical. Yeah. And that's what, and that's one of the things that like breaks my heart, but at the same time wants me to keep like tending that acre that I have, because it's like, I, I will never accept that students can't learn. Never. There's just not a scenario in which I will accept that. Um, And that propels me each day because then it just like, I'm not going to go into a class thinking, you know what? They're just not going to get it. 
you know what? I'm just going to do all the work for them because they're just not smart enough. Right. You know what? COVID is so bad that they're not going to learn anything this year and we're just going to wash it and I'll try again next year to do something good. Yeah. Like I'm not going to accept that because I think learning can happen regardless of the circumstances. Absolutely. And um, when you have that disposition, that obviously colors your classroom and the experiences that happen there. Everything. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for being willing to answer that because that can be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, wanting to push back against this uh, assumption that as teachers, we need to be, you know, oh, whatever. I'll just do whatever. I'll just take on whatever. But know that we need to talk about uh, the accomplishments and process them and own them. Mm. And it's part of our journey. Right. Rachel, you recently had an article published. In yes, English you did. Journal. Did And now it's your turn to be on the spot. Okay. So the same idea, you're in year two and you're publishing in a very um, well-respected journal and sharing innovative teaching strategies and techniques. And not only was it in, is the journal article about what happened in your classroom, but you helped write it. Yeah, you did. Talk to us about that experience and how you've navigated that early in your career. But first, we have to, we have to recognize that you wouldn't have written that article without mountain poetry. <laughs> <laughs> it all begins with mountain poetry, it people. It began on the mountain. You know, it kind of does begin with mountain poetry. <laughs> As I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, doesn't it all begin with mountain poetry? <laughs> Don't we all need it? Everyone needs a mountain poetry phase. <laughs> if you haven't had a mountain poetry phase, take the summer and go have your mountain poetry phase. That's right. Go find a mountain. Go buy, go buy a sleeping bag. Go climb a mountain. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us, Rachel. Talk to us about it. Okay. So um, to give you a general overview of the article, um, it is a, a podcast project where students talk about a important moment of their life. They write a short narrative piece about an important moment of their life that's connected to a song. Right. Then they, they turn that moment into a song. They take that narrative, they turn it into a song. Okay. Like they compose the song. They compose a song. Okay. Love it. And then magical. They, in their podcast, they talk about the songwriting process. Mm. Oh, that's neat. Thank you. Um, yeah. So the, the podcast ends up being pretty, uh, meta, right. Mm, A lot of metacognition happening. Right. And for people who maybe not are familiar with that term, Rachel, what's meta or metacognition? It's thinking about your thinking. Yes. Big, big thinks, big things. And we love, as my ninth graders would say, big brain, big brain. Oh yeah. Big brain. Oh, big brain. Miss Evans. That's a big brain thought. Um, so it was really uh, doing this project with my students. They were really able to process some of these experiences that they had had. Um, one of my students had a friend who had been going through some really tough things and she, my student helped her friend through those things, but it kind of took her its toll on her. Um, and so she wrote a song about that. And the chorus was, Let's play doctor. Oh, wow. Super Whoa. powerful. Wow. And she wrote this beautiful podcast about, or about 
that relationship with her friend and about the songwriting process. And you could see from the original narrative to the podcast, how her thoughts and attitudes about this experience had changed. Mm, Where in her podcast, she was able to say, I, I didn't realize that I was grieving this. Right. And through creating this thing, mm. I'm realizing that this is grief. Oh, mm. I got the chills. You did that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, and what's so great about that journal article, Rachel, was that it wasn't just on your own. I mean, that you collaborated, you co-wrote, you had this amazing experience in your classroom, and then you brought other people in and they were able to be part of the writing process, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I wrote the article um, with Dr. Chris Gehring at the University of Arkansas, and then Dr. Seth French, he also teaches at... He's at Bentonville, isn't he? He's at Bentonville High School. So he's now my colleague, which is really fun. so special. Um, So it was fun to write the article together and then get a chance. Now I'm his colleague. Um, So yeah, it, it was to see how all of our work kind of built on yeah, each other. Absolutely. Where this podcast idea and Dr. Gehring's songwriting that he's really passionate about and Dr. French's research all kind of built together to create this project. Right. Well, and that willingness to collaborate, I think yes. too, so often um, we become very <clears throat> siloed in our classrooms, right? right? And very away and alone but that willingness to bring in others mm. and then to create with others, yeah. I think is really, is really powerful into their classroom. Well, and just in working with you, Rachel, that's a process that you often have to go to when you plan, yep. right? You get these big ideas mm. and you actually, in my experience with you, you start with a complex yep. and you get it really complicated and then you add a whole bunch of components and then you get, really passionate about what you want, what you want your students to see and experience and do and create. Yep. And then you have to backpedal yourself out of it and break it down. Yes, Yes. that is, that's something I am, have grown a lot in, in my teaching and something I'm still growing in. Yes. How, how do I make the process simple enough that ninth graders, that that the process isn't distracting from the meaning making? Right. How do I get them to make the meaning Mm -hmm. without an overly complicated process. Right. Right. How do you get Um, them to engage in the first place and want to engage? Right. Right. And I think we've talked about that some is starting with interesting questions, Mm, questions that they're interested in talking about. And I think that was part of the success of this podcast project is they got to start by talking about their own experience. Yeah. In their own storytelling and songs that they were interested and passionate about. And it grew from there. So powerful. Thank you for listening to the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. In light of the conversation today, how can you support students in meaning making where they're invited to think about their thinking? And how can you lead right where you are, in your classroom, your hall, your department, and your school? Again, thanks for joining us and have a great week.